Welcome to the podcast of New Covenant Church in Albuquerque, where we focus on the Bible, faith, and life issues. We hope this podcast will be helpful to you on your faith journey. Now, here's our message. Well, drastic times deserve drastic measures, don't you say? We live in a time of extremes. Can anyone say amen to that? It's true. And there are some weeks we feel like we know what we're doing, and then other times we feel like all we see is dust. That's the way it is oftentimes with God. God's right there close with us. We have his presence. He's caring for us. But then other times we just see dust down the road. And as we approach probably one of the most historic uh, turnouts for voting in this nation, we've already had 91 million so far in person. This is the time for you and I to get ready and to prepare our hearts. Because everything that we're hearing is stay away, don't get involved, protect yourself, stay safe. And I believe you should. And that's why we practice what we do here. It's none of our, our desire to have a quarter-empty church on Sunday morning. But we understand that this virus is real, and we understand that the, there are real health concerns, and so we want to be good neighbors, no matter how you feel about it politically. But the tendency is, is to think, well, I can't do anything. And then we begin to retreat and retreat and retreat and it begins to leak into our hearts and to our minds that, you know, the most important person I need to take care of is myself. But you and I call the name of Jesus, even if you're just here this morning, thanks for coming, it's your visiting. We've been born to stand up in times of adversity and be counted and to work harder and to give ourselves more it's just we may have to do it or we will have to do it in a different manner because it doesn't seem that this thing is going anywhere. It doesn't seem that there probably won't be any controversy after the elections, either way you go. And it doesn't seem to any of us that we're about to settle down at all. And before we bunker in and hide ourselves away, we've got to think of ways to serve because we have to be servants on the move. And if we're going to be servants on the move, we have to buckle up and get ready for the ride. Let's say our morning affirmation together. <clears throat> this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I welcome all he has for me today. By his word, he guides me. By his spirit, he strengthens me. By his will, he's transforming me. I am his workmanship his unique work of art, and may his will be done in me today, and I receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, look, there's more opportunity for service than ever before. Why? Because service usually meets the needs of hurting people, doesn't it? And right now we have people, no friends. We've had a couple of funerals this last week, tragic of, of young people who couldn't handle what was going on. 
And it's a devastating effect, and there's no sense that the trend is going to be heading downward anytime soon. It's important for our lives in Jesus to understand that staying on mission is key to everything. Learning to stay on mission is key to everything that we do. You can't just just say, okay, the mission's over now. It doesn't uh, have any meaning anymore. Therefore, we stop what we do. But right now, we're tempted to think of ourselves and to be safe and to disengage, to serve our own, to serve just the people that we know. When we do this, listen, we cancel our mission and cut ourselves off from health. Let's say that again. When we do this, we cancel our mission and cut ourselves off from health. Serving the Lord and others puts our focus off of ourselves and puts it right in the right place where others needs and to meet those needs. Serving is not an option. It's our calling and it's our way of life. Lord, we ask that you would give us strength for this time. But not only strength, but good attitudes, whereby we stick together, whereby we learn from each other, whereby we are attentive to the needs around us, not just our own, but we're ready to serve and to care and to be counted. Lord, I pray that you'd, we'd see more of an outpouring of your spirit, even a time of revival in a time that would seem so awkward and unlikely. And we ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, look with me at Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12. Get ready to move. Every person, okay, has a starting point. Every person has a starting point in their walk with Jesus. In the church, it doesn't matter where you are in your journey. It matters that we're on that journey together. Freedom is not a process, and it's not a moment, it's a process. Moving toward freedom and new life bring new options. Galatians 5.1 says, is, It is freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. We're not yet, there yet, but we're on our way. All right, let's look at verse 12 of Philippians 3. Not that I've already obtained all of this, or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. This means that Paul, speaking about this, says, you know what, I'm further along than I was, okay, but I'm not saying that I've fully obtained exactly all that God wants me to do. There's a recognition that If God is calling me to do something, God is preparing my heart, preparing my life in order to do so. And if you're feeling that that temptation to be pulled back in, to be slowed down in your mission, then take heed to this. Paul says, I haven't fully attained it yet. He says, travel light and we'll remove ourselves from certain things. Verse 13, brothers and sisters... I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, 
forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Now, in a time like ours, we're thinking, what is the future going to look like? I mean, I've, I've read so many articles, and I know you have too, and a lot of prognostication as to what is coming down the road. And none of it seems cheery. But we're not supposed to be the kind of people who are cheery based on full of circumstances, right? That's, that's not... Circumstances may hinder us or make it harder, but it, our joy and our, our life in the Lord shouldn't be dictated by circumstances. See, there's some things, he says, I'm going to leave some stuff behind because what I have before me is more important. And I believe that what God has before all of us here is more important than what we've had in the past. There's ever a time that there needs to be a, a clear gospel message in our society and within our churches. It's now. He said, forgetting what's behind, straining toward what is ahead. Leaving behind your past. That means your failures, okay? It could be a way of living that is damaging you. It could be old friends or <clears throat> unhealthy relationships or attitudes, right? Old religious beliefs or superstitions. He said, now is the time to get moving forward, and whatever is holding you back, let go of it. Let go of it and move forward and strain to what's ahead. Now, that's interesting when you think about the time that we're living in. To strain for what is ahead is, is, seems a little hard. My, my personal response is to watch and wait. <laughs> watch and wait. Don't stick your nose out too far outside the window. Don't stick your head up there where it can get taken out. Just watch and wait. But Paul knew that what he had to say and the mission that he was on was so important he had no other choice. Philippians chapter 3 verse 8 says, Yes, Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. That is a really good translation. The Greek word is skubalon. It's a kind of a word you never forget. But it, it just means refuse something that is absolutely worthless, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him, no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ, for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. You get that? A lot of folks are dealing with a deep sense of failure this time of year. What we've been through and what maybe is coming. Maybe a lot of folks are struggling with emotional issues, with depression, maybe falling back into sins that you had felt you had conquered. 
And it's a perfect time to feel defeated and kicked back down and made ineffective. But that's not us. That's not what he's called us to do. Jesus says, you're made right with me because of me. And I have the relationship with you that I can pick you up, I can dust you off, and I can send you back on your way because that's the way I do things. Forgetting your past, leaving it behind, the things that would drag you down, pressing forward to what God has for you. You notice that usually in a football game, people will have a, (laughs) they're all standing up, start to squat, one pops up, everybody starts running and scrambling, and it usually ends up in a pile somewhere, right? Well, you always want to be one of those fortunate souls who are get up and go back. It's not like, oh no, we got in a big pile, the game's over. No, it's not over until the timekeeper says that it's over and the referees. We get up and we keep playing. And that's the mindset that you and I have to have during this time. And, and we have to have that with each other and that kind of grace with each other. Look at verse 14. It says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You, you blow it, get up, and keep going. Keep growing. Keep maturing. Reaching for the freedom that God has given us in Jesus. And this is how we prepare to begin to serve in ministry. There has to be a sense within us that we say, look, God, I know that you have a mission for me. And I need to be on that mission. And I need to stay on it. Because once we lose sight of it, then we lose sight of the very thing that will carry us on to the end the finish line, the goal, the upward call in Christ. All right, moving into our community, in our community here, Luke 10 verse 2 says, He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send you out as workers into his harvest field. Most of you who know me know that I grew up in a farming community. One of the funnest times of the year is when we would harvest either uh, wheat, sorghum, or cotton, or corn. It It was exciting because all of the work that you'd done before, all the planting of the seeds, all of the weeding, all of a sudden would have this mass descend of people upon the field to get everything out you could in a timely manner before things spoiled. So it would be worth something at market. And so when we think of this time, most of us wouldn't think, oh gosh, there's a harvest. Why wouldn't there be? We think that this is a normal time to share the gospel. It's not. If people were ever looking for meaning, if you could raise your hand and say, "Uh, I know there's some meaning behind this. I know that God loves you and cares about you and your family, even in your darkest hour. I know that. A person like that becomes very, very valuable. And there are so many ways for us to communicate, aren't there? So many ways to communicate. Our mission 
may not be comfortable, but it's not our mission to be comfortable, okay? And that's not just an opinion. Our first steps are outward into our community here, our closest community, the community of our church fellowship. I was talking to a few people last week in one of our meetings, as well as um, some of our deacons. And we talked about it. It seems like serving is an option. It isn't. Serving is being on point in the mission. And you think, well, we can't do what we used to do. It's harder now. How do we, we go out and ha- we can't do hospital visits anymore? Well, there's ways around that. There's ways to do that through a telephone. There's ways to check on people. We've, we have so many people in our church right now who are shut in. And they, they're, they're dealing with nobody being able to touch them and having any physical contact, and not having a lot of people around visiting with them. And we're trying to think of ways, how can we better reach those in our community and let them know that we're there for them? And, and some of the ideas are between text, maybe go back to some old-fashioned letter writing. You could swing by the church and say, hey, look, I want to serve. I want to be a part of something. I can do this from my house. We've thought about delivering uh, some food non-contact, or whatever it would be to say that don't give up. We're here with you. We haven't gone anywhere, and we're going to stand with you, okay? That's important. That's really important. It's important uh, with folks in our older community that can't get out that much, and it's really important right now for young people to know that, to be encouraged from, uh, from older people around to say, hey, how you doing? How you doing with all this school stuff that's going on? Is there anything I can do for you? Would you like a 20? See, you smile. <laughs> I've never met a kid ever who wouldn't say like, oh, sure, I'll take a 20. That's great. I mean, whatever it can be to, to be an encouragement, to find out the needs of the friends of people around you and pray for them and lift them up. All of our prayer lists should be getting longer and longer and longer and longer. Listen, I know, I know. We want this to be over. But that that sailed. That ship has sailed. Our only way into the future is forward. And as the world is changing, our mission hasn't changed, but how we do our mission will have to adapt on it. Do you think that the church is still relevant in America? Can I get an amen or a boo? Okay. It's relevant in your life. It's relevant in the people uh, who aren't able to make it today. The majority of folks feel more comfortable watching online, and we're thankful to God that uh, we're working on our technology, and and he's helping us through that process because we want to better serve the people in our community. But we have to adapt. You and I have to adapt. We can't sink back into this comfort of disengagement, but we have to actively engage in whatever way we're allowed. And do not let the momentum of God's work in this world sag, lag, and fall behind. 
That's, that's not what we're called to do. And we won't grow personally with that. We minister healing to people. We're there to encourage, okay? To empower people in our fellowship, all right? It, it, there, there's no boundaries here of what we can do. The boundaries are only what you will obey God in following him. Like we, um, we had a group of guys who, you see there's a big pile of rocks over there. They were moved by hand by a group of guys. Now, just in order for, them to, for us to know that they're really committed, we're going to have them move them back over to the other side next week. But they see it as a holy calling to move those rocks because of what it means to the community and to the church. And you have a lot of rocks and you have a lot of things that God has put in your path that you can do to serve and don't neglect them. Press forward toward them, okay? We feed those who are hungry. We, we care for those who are hurting. We reach out to those that we haven't seen in a while. We've lost contact. They've becoming ghosts. They're ghosting us. Listen, and it doesn't have to feel like a chore, but rather the life of service is a life of joy in the Lord. Life of service is a life of joy in the Lord. Serving one another in the church is one of life's greatest joys. If you haven't done it, I would recommend it to you. Because that's the people that he... Jesus said that he was one among us who was here to serve. You see, you see how the leaders of the world have it just the opposite. That they have people serving them. He said, not so in my kingdom. In my kingdom, the greatest will be the least of all. So you may think, I don't have a lot to offer. Well, Jesus says, you, you really do. What is that? And what would that be? And how would that bless someone else? Praying, helping in times of need, listening to people on the phone, discipling somebody through Zoom or whatever way you have, meeting with someone once a week who's younger than you in the Lord and, and saying, hey, I'll take you through these scriptures, I'll pray for you, I'll teach you how to walk in the Lord. A lot of people need that now. Embracing generosity, serving with our hands, and learning to be and to love for those who are serving alongside you. So, our job has not changed. How we do it is changing. But the principles are all still there, aren't they? Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And we can still find human beings, can't we? We can still find human needs and meet them, can't we? And this may mean that, you know, you need to call up the office and say, hey, I want to get involved. Here's some, here, let, me, let me send you an email and tell you, here's some things that I know how to do. Can you use my gifts, can you use my talents to help out. Many of you are already serving. Keep going. Bring others along with you. We can't allow this to break our momentum, but we should be gaining momentum during this time. Breaking free and heading and straining forward to what God has for us.
Look at Acts chapter 20, verse 24, moving on with our community into the world. Paul speaking here, he says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. It means start moving. You got to start somewhere. And, and I, I'm not saying this to any of us here to say that, um, you know, I'm going to browbeat you and if you're feeling guilty. I, I, that's not the point. The point is, is that for us, it's a non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable. If you can look around the world and go, you know what? Looks like everything's pretty much solid now. Don't need me. Everything's going good. We're not paying attention. And I know it can be overwhelming to think that we have to meet that need. But don't you want something big? Don't you want to be a part of something that's dynamic? We have yet to see what God will do with his people in the midst of turmoil and trial. Well, folks, get ready. We're going to find out, aren't we? We're finding out, aren't we? I pray it's going to be exciting. We have to be bold. We have to be persistent. Be ready. And so that means just plug in somewhere in the church. Be involved. If it's a Bible study that you get together and you pray with other believers, then plug in hard and you take care of each other. So so many folks are taken care of by the smaller groups that they're in. They get called up for the doctor's appointment. They need food at the house. Because of connection in the church, we find out when people have needs in their homes. And that's how we're to function on a very minimal level. But as God pulls us out even further, He calls us not only to be ushers and to greeters, deacons and teachers and and serving in women's ministry and missions. And, you know, one of our, our missions director here is, is uh, Anna Atkins. She's doing a fantastic job. We have prayer ministries here. And I'm not just saying this because we're looking for people to serve. I believe and want for my friends and my brothers and sisters to, to flourish during this time. To flourish. To do what you're called to do. So, it could be at the church. It could be here in our town. We have, we have services down at noonday once a month. We also have opportunities throughout the city and, and they're growing. And we pray that God would allow us to connect and partner with other people as well. Get excited. Get your mind focused on what's ahead with the Lord. And let some of these other things go behind. Things that are just going to wear you down, bum you out, and keep you from meeting that potential, meeting that mission that he calls to. It is a non-negotiable. And all hands are called to be on deck. All hands. That means every one of us counts in his kingdom. 
It isn't to make you feel guilty. It's to say that his spirit in you and the new life that he's given you counts. It counts for a lot because you're precious to the Lord. Take time today, tomorrow, the coming days to settle your hearts, to settle your minds, write out some lists and ideas, pray to God and ask for guidance, but engage and stay engaged and grow. And we'll see what God does. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. And it's going to be glorious. Father, we thank you for this time this morning that you've given us together. We pray, Lord, that we would take this seriously. And I know we do. Oh, Lord, pull us away from complacency. Oh, Lord, it's such an enemy right now. The desire to give up just float downstream. Lord, put steel in our hearts. I pray, Lord, that your, your community would shine in ministry and love to each other, in ministry and love to this world. For your name's sake, for your gospel and for your kingdom, and for what your mission. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please stay. This concludes today's message. We thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to connect with us. You can do that at our website, nccabq.org. From there, you can submit any questions, feedback, and your prayer requests. nccabq.org is also where you can learn more about New Covenant Church. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters, browse our online message archive, and even tune in and watch the stream of each weekly message. We hope you'll join us. So, until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God smile on you and gift you. May God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Have a great week.